Welcome to the About Life with Joe podcast. I'm Joe, and your life is about to get better. Please subscribe and enjoy. We have an incredible guest today, Anastasia Ganyas Gellin. She is, amongst many, many things, um, a very successful inventor and entrepreneur, a mom, a wife, a daughter, a sister, a badass Greek girl a Worcester gangster, an actor, mm-hmm. and the list goes on and on. And most importantly, my cousin, which my kids still can't believe we're biologically related. They're like, mom, she's so hot. How is that possible? So welcome. Oh, you're the hottest. Oh, come uh, on. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Uh, I wonder how I could turn that ping off. We're both pinging, but we don't know technology, she and I. So you guys are all going to have to deal with it. It's all right. You'll get over it. Like my six-year-old son knows more than I do. Get 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 Grayson on board. <laughs> the first Grayson could fix the world. He could fix the world. He could. I, if Grayson for president. Um, but the first thing I noticed when you were introducing me, which is something that I feel like is such a cool thing to start on, is like this multi-hyphenate person that I was always like so scared to like step into all those roles. And you're like mother, um, actor, entrepreneur. And like, that is something that I think is becoming a lot more common to be a multi-hyphenate individual and to accept that about yourself. And so um, it just, it's something that I heard when you said that, that resonated with me. It's true. You live it. And I have had the privilege of actually being in your home and seeing like everybody sees you know, you've curated this incredible Instagram, authentic following. And I am here to tell everybody listening that it is a hundred percent fucking true. Mm -hmm. That is what I love about one of the many things I love about you and your husband and your, your family and your children is like, when you step inside behind the veil, there's no veil and you show your vulnerability, you show your creativity, you show your love for what you're doing. Let's take everybody back to our hometown. I think it's important for all the women listening to know where we from. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because it's not, you know, an easy place. No. So you Uh, tell us your story, you know, it started. I remember the day you were born by the way, because I'm that much freaking older. And I was the, I was the flower girl at your parents' wedding. And your mother introduced my mom and dad. So that Toast. is a crazy, Toast. just insane. Um, toast to that. I'm from Worcester, Massachusetts. I am a first generation American from dad's side. Mom was born here and I was born, as you know, into a, uh, uh, a, Greek, Amer- a Greek family. My father had come here at 15 without knowing the language and literally lived the American dream like your mom. He learned the language. He became a doctor somehow. Uh, an incredible doctor. An incredible eye surgeon. And um, I still can't believe it when I say it. Like for to me to think to like move to another country and to and to do that. So um, the reason I say that is because I think my father and mother um, really, you know, kind of embraced living in this country and allowing me opportunities that maybe some of my other Greek friends, parents were like, wait, what? And that's because he was like very rooted in education. So it was never about like just being Greek and living here. It was like, okay, this is a melting pot. And like, you know, you're going to have to make decisions, like how to keep your Greekness and 
and how you want to do that. And so I do want to thank mom and dad for always giving me the liberty to kind of, to do whatever I wanted, because I definitely was, I like to say the black ship and the black sheep and the misfit of like my core family, like Nicholas and Stephanie were very linear and, um, very excelled in academia and sports. And I think that's kind of what my family knew. And then there was me and, um, well, Nicholas and, and Stephanie are your brother and your sister. Stephanie's sister. also your cope, your, your partner and your fancy peasant business. She, is, she runs operations and, um, we're seven years apart and, you know, um, and it's interesting because whenever I tell people about like, I had three because like, I'm so close to my brother and sister. They're like, well, that's not always how it works out. You know, we <laughs> happen to be very close. We happen to work together. Uh, my sister and I, my brother actually is helping us a lot with the company too. Um, but uh, you know, I, it, I, 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 I go back to this thing because I was always a creative stuck in the middle of a not so creative family. My mother happens to be a ridiculously creative person as well, but she chose the role as kind of like full-time mom. And so, you know, I don't know if she really allowed herself to dip into that part. That role I believe chose her, which is interesting. I mean, I knew your mom when she was a single woman and she, I think that all of your glamour, all your glam gene comes from Fialeni. Like 100%. she was the OG, like styling. She was so on it and with it. And she was just a really just gorgeous in every way, inside and out. And, you know, when she married your dad, you know, Theofoti, we also knew his family really well. Like you said, my mom kind of, right. you know, did the proxeno for all the Greeks on there. You'll know yeah. what it is. And for the non-Greeks, look it up. Um, <laughs> And there was this synergy. And I think like, because your dad, and this is important for a lot of women to hear because your dad was an Oxford educated doctor, right? Like he had gone over to Oxford yeah. at some point, right? That's important to know. Cause he was also in a concentration camp. Right. Okay. At one point, like literally came from when we say nothing, nothing. Okay. Yeah. And when she stepped into that role, like there was no room for two stars. Okay. And your dad was a, he was a star. He was a star doctor, you know, put himself like educated and she supported that and was able, and she became that she took on that role. And I think as women back then they had to choose and we don't, have to choose as much anymore. I think, I think we're living examples of that. Yeah. I mean, I think about that a lot. My mom is an incredibly bright, um, incredible communicator. She's very talented in that sense. Like my mom could, you know, sell sand to a stranded man in the desert. I think she decided not to tap into that because like you said, you know, um, unlike, I want to say I have it's a fact, a lot more of a progressive marriage than my parents had. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm very, I don't want to say the word lucky, but you know, we, I think going into this, we both knew that um, I would be developing my creative outlet, no matter what, it was not the formula that I was going to be able to like stay home and do what mom did. 
and and I know that kind of breaks my heart even thinking about it that she couldn't fall into a, maybe another role right because I think what we see happening so much like I have three kids mm-hmm. and I don't know I talked to my mom a lot I'm like I don't know how you did this I feel like a taxi driver all I do is drive them all day you're an and, expensive uh, uber they're expensive uber clients of yours it's wild you know and like finding that balance and of course like I found support so I can have my full-blown I can have a business and I can make a movie in between but I'm also you know the main caregiver and I do drop off and I do pick up every day because that's important to me and there's days you know where I can, someone else can do that for me. But I really try to, um, my mom is that example of like the mom that was always there because, um, you know, that mom also gave me that confidence, you know, because my father was in survival mode up until the day he actually died, probably from the day he was born, there was no cush. There was no there's no that's buffer. Great. There was no yeah. buffer with your no, father. That's yeah. wonderful. That's a B plus. You can always get an A minus. Towards the end of his life, he made peace with that and talked to me a lot about why he, you know, that need from perfectionism that came a lot from like, he was scared because like poverty meant nothing. And like, he always just wanted us to like rise to our fullest potential. But I want to, that's very important. You know, that, that skill that my mother gave me, Nicholas and Stephanie was mm-hmm. confidence. And so. And stability uh, and, and stability. stability. And that, that was just as important, if not more than I want to say everything else. So, you know, you don't really see lots of those things shine through when you become, until you become a mom. And so, um, that's important. That's say that again, say that again, because people need to hear it. I mean, we give our moms a lot of shit. We do. Right. So So you didn't realize, you didn't realize that until, until I became a mother, um, you know, exactly what each mom and dad, what they gave me and how, how much, how much those roles kind of added to everything, especially what I'm doing, you know, because it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, we all have our paths and then sometimes a parent doesn't understand a child's path. And so like my dad tended to what, like, why isn't she excelling at tennis? Why isn't she excelling at soccer? Why, like the second I got into a program that had a phenomenal theater program, mm-hmm. I, I was like straight A student. I just needed the extracurriculars to kind of like add up to like who I was. You so needed to find your passion. You need to, you need to yeah. follow your children's signs. And I think it's really hard. I see it with my firstborn. He happens to be really good at what me and his dad are at. And then like, you know, my Roman, my foot, he's totally different. And sometimes I'm like, am I going to figure it out? Like, how am I going to figure it out? And I just follow the signs, Anastasia. Just follow listen, just allow them to be where well, that's why your family is so beautiful is because you meet them where they are. And I think that that's a great example of what your parents did. And I want to reflect on, I had obviously seen you sporadically through the years because let's tell everybody you were in LA for a decade. A decade. Like, a decade. You were on Dexter. You were on big shows. Like I would watch and I'd be like, yo, that's my cousin. So like we were all famous. Okay. Because he, my kids so are like, mom, yeah. I need I'm- to see proof of relation. And I'm like, <laughs> F off bitches. I'm an actor by trade. I went to school for that. After I left high school, I got into a great theater program. And after I graduated, uh, 
with a major in theater and English and a minor in biology because my dad made me. I went <laughs> to New York to pursue um, more theater classes. And I thought I'd really be working in the theater in New York until I booked a pilot that never got picked up in Los Angeles. And, and Hunter, let's tell everybody. So Hunter's in New York, right? Hunter, who was you guys met in college. Yes, we met in college. And at that point, I told Hunter, you know, I'm going to LA for a month to like, to like work out this pilot thing. And that turned into seven years. So we were in a long distance relationship for seven years. Um, And And I saw you guys at an engagement party of one of your cousins who is on the other side. And I remember I spent the whole night talking to the two of you. You had just come from LA just to come to this party. And you could see how in love the two of you were. And I was like, I love their love. And I knew it was going to work. And in comes your mother in her like, you know, bold way, Hieleni. And she's like, Hunter's not going to wait forever for her. And I'm like, oh, he will. Oh, he will. I think his mom and my mom both thought that, right? I mean, Because it was meant to be. It was meant, it was meant to be. That's it. Everybody has also, their soul. that whole seven years like gave him he started a whole business in that seven years. Yeah. He had to work because he was busy. He had to work. (laughs) He built a business, but, um, you know, when I was leaving for Los Angeles and this is another thing, because I know your demographic, I remember, but again, I'm an actor coming from like a super linear family and I'd done my training. And I remember I was about to get on the plane and my dad said to me, you know, this is, this is the, uh, like academia talking, your chances of making it in Hollywood are literally one in a million. Statistically, I said, Dad, you know, if I believed in statistics, I wouldn't be going to Los Angeles. And within six, but that goes to show you how different the, the brain works. So for me, I had this pulse in me that was like, oh, one in a million. Like I, I never even think about statistics. And I went and within six months, I think I had been working on five different networks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember before he, like at some point he was like, to me, you've already made it because you've worked on like 10 to 20 networks and you've made X many movies. And he was just they, like such numbers people, right? Like so different. But my point to that was, is like, don't ever let a statistic or, something sway you because I mean, if I had ever gone into my career with that mentality, mm-hmm. I might have, I would have never gotten on that plane. That's for sure. You're still but making movies. You're still making. I movies. am. I just wrapped a movie. I just wrapped a movie. Yeah. Every time I have a baby, I book another movie. So, you know. well, I think what's interesting here is you said, you know, the way that two different brains work and I don't see the brain. I see that your heart is where you made the decision. You didn't think with your brain, you thought with your heart, which is the gut, and your heart just led you and you had the allow, you, you trusted your heart enough to allow yourself to fail. And that's another interesting thing for the, de- the, the women listening today that see the polished finished product. They don't see the blood, the sweat, the tears, the sharing apartments with roommates, the going to audition. Like, tell us a little bit about what that seven years, like to be away from the love of your life, like all of the sacrifices you made to make your dream a reality. You have, you're a hustler. Okay. You work hard. Okay. You don't, okay. By all I'm using air quotes, nobody can see, but you don't need to work now. And you started a fucking company. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I 
got on a plane. I moved to the most dangerous area of Los Angeles. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I moved in with a girlfriend that I knew kind of from Worcester that like I never like lived with. Um, All goes back to the woo. Yeah. Yeah. Always. We were on a very dangerous street. And at the top of the street, there was a, there was like the most dangerous motel. Um, And I like actually still drive back to that sweet street today. And I was like, if my parents knew anything, like they would die. Um, I worked in nightlife five days a week. I worked my ass off. I would work from seven until two o'clock in the morning. Cocktail waitressing. I was actually the door girl at like, yeah, you were at all the, uh, like every, all the hottest clubs in Los Angeles. I met this really incredible Greek guy who's still a friend of mine. And, um, and he gave me this really, really interesting job. And, um, but what you said, I worked actually the only one in my family from the time I was 16, from mm-hmm. six o'clock in the morning at a breakfast restaurant until like I worked all through college. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid for my apartment in college. I cocktail waitress in college. When I went to Los Angeles, I did the door girl thing. And, um, you know, I auditioned every day and I eventually moved to a nicer neighborhood with the family, like the East coast family that I kind of met there. Um, I grinded. You're talking about like five to six different five to 12 auditions a week. Like pilot season is insanity. You're driving to studios in Burbank and all around Los Angeles in um, a car, if you can afford one. Um, and it wow. was a straight up grind hustle. I missed every wedding. I missed, I didn't have, I didn't have the money, nor would I give up an audition to come back to the East coast. You were committed. You were committed. It, to your, it, was, you were committed. A, it was an addiction committed. It was wild. The commitment was out of control and it was, and that's what it does take. And I see it with my olive oil business now. I didn't know that I've had my head buried in work for 24 months, but now that I'm starting to want to get out of just doing that one thing, it was the same thing. I literally, you know, have had my head down for 24 months working Mm -hmm. on this business. So yeah, the commitment for me takes not for everybody. Mm -hmm. I need hyper-focus and Mm -hmm. I need, um, you know, I need to be, I need to be kind of very concentrated and focused. When I look back at my, like lost my career as an actor, I was also a kid. And so I think there was also a lot of like, you know, hanging around with like fast crowds and doing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all very exciting. And I was working in nightlife and auditioning and on TV and meeting famous actors. And, and so, you know, I think if I had had a little bit more of the discipline part, I wouldn't have done it any other way, but that would, that would have been an interesting thing to navigate through. I do think there's something to be said about just owning your own innate power mm-hmm. in both of these businesses. And I hadn't cultivated that skill yet because I was young. And now I know it's like my magic thing. Now I know it's my magic. Your commitment, your Tom Brady work ethic. Okay. I know your kids are not Boston fans, but you're a Boston girl. (laughs) Okay. Your Tom Brady work ethic, which I have visualized. I mean, I, I, you know, anybody who follows me on Instagram knows I'm obsessed with fancy peasant. Now I'm not obsessed with fancy peasant because I love my cousin. I'm just going to give you straight up. 
I don't, I'm obsessed with Fancy Peasant because it is the best olive oil that you can buy, period, on the market. I want to take everybody back to what was it like in 2020, fall of 2020, you had gone um, the previous winter uh, in the end of 2019 in December on an eat, pray, love trip to our roots in Greece, in Ipiros, where we're from. And I know that that was a very difficult trip for you because it was after the passing of your beloved father. Mm -hmm. Um, He had passed, he had passed July, uh, uh, 2019, 2019. And, um, after a, uh, a battle with cancer, it was very, very hard. You had your second baby. Um, so Roman was a baby, was a little boy and then uh, starting to be a, a toddler. And then you, lose your father, your beloved father, and who was a, a loss that was felt across all of us because he was such impa- so impactful. I mean, this man, I would go to him with my sister. We had grown up so poor. He would take care of us. He took care of our eyes. He never, he was so gentle, so kind, like everything you want a doctor to be, right? And you go on this eat, pray, love, go back to your roots and you are on a mission to find literally the world's best lovely, the world's best olive oil, right? Because yeah, yeah. very health conscious, you know, you want to, I mean, the reason you look the way you look, or I look, look the way we look is because we eat this, we drink it. Okay. Hands down. Um, and I end up at your house just a few months later. And I, you say to me, you know, I, you know, I, I, I think it's great. And I said, listen, if you picked it, with that kind of love and clarity, because you were on that such an emotional trip, I said, I'm sure it is the absolute best thing in the world. And I said, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to taste it. I'm going to be honest with you. And when the bottle arrived just a few months later at my house, I drank it. And I was like, I'm all fucking in. Okay. Like I'm all in on every way. And I was like, this is the best. And I am a connoisseur. I mean, I don't know a lot of stuff, but I know Lavi. Okay. I know, I know you are. And it is so incredibly amazing. And that's just one product. But so you, you have this, this act, you're an actor, a, you know, trained actor, a working actor, all this stuff. You end up building this beautiful family with, um, and not only just your beautiful family with Hunter, but with the extended family, like your siblings, you know, Hunter's sibling, like your, your parents, your cousins, like you're just like, you are all of that. And then you decide that I've got to keep my culture and my connection to my father. I want to share that. I want, like, you had so much grief from his passing. And that's how Fancy Peasant was born, right? Right. Like, out of the love of keeping alive these traditional peasant like, incredibly healthy dishes that are roots, you know, that's how we grew up. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, um, thank you for such a kind introduction. I had been talking to my father a lot about wanting to work in the food space. I'm a visual learner and I, I lived above a Barnes and Nobles in Manhattan. And so I'd always take the kids there and I'd always go to the Greek cooking section to the cookbooks period. I own about 400 of them. They're like my guilty little pleasure. And we can't wait for yours. And we can't wait for yours. I know I'm me too. Um, me too. Um, so I'd go and there was nothing on 
like Greek cooking besides these like books that were just now there's more, by the way. Now there's more. This is they were complicated. They're complicated. Very complicated. And that's not, you know, already when I try to teach someone how to make a spanakopita or like a kefta of some kind, everyone's like, wait, what? So I said, dad, I want to create a cookbook. Um, This was years before he passed away that, you know, explains everything in layman's terms, basically like the way I learn, I want like the page to look like this. And then you break it down like this. And I was like, and I've got the best name for it. I was like, ah, you know, you came from these humble beginnings in this small village where, you know, you had nothing and you had me and I have all these like luxuries. I'm standing on the shoulders of a giant with you and mom. And I'm the fancy and you're You're the present. And my dad was like, it doesn't even matter what you do. That's the best name I've ever heard. (laughs) It's like, that is it. And so it's funny because I always thought my, my mission unfolding would be cookbook, cookbook. I never thought anything. Um, you didn't think you'd be the Greek goop. You didn't think you'd be. I didn't know. I didn't think anything about olive oil. I didn't think anything about anything. And you know, watch out, Gwyneth. Here comes Anastasia. That's so funny. Um, that's that would be that would be a really fun thing to have, like a Greek goop, right? People always say that to me, but um, that's what right you are. Before, what do you mean, funny thing to have? Everybody, right. well, I mean, I can cultivate all the lifestyle stuff and have some support around my business. You're just you know? starting, but you are you are definitely going to get there because. Every single person that has ever asked me now, like, oh, how do I make this? How do I make that? I don't even give them anything. I say, you go to my cousin's site. She just does it better. She just does it better. She's going to teach you simply. It's going to be delicious. Just go. What you have been able to do for the recipes we grew up on that nourished us, that keep us healthy, that keep us warm, that keep us vibrant and, and all of that is you've been able to translate again, love with your heart, with your passion, with your Father, wherever, you know, he is, which I believe he's next to you, really just, I mean, this happened very fast. It did. It happened really fast. I was, I was like, I was grieving really hard and I would get up and I would cook on my Instagram platform, which was nothing at that point, pretty private. We created a fancy peasant page because I started talking about grieving and cooking and I didn't know that so many people were suffering. And, you know, I had people messaging me, like, I haven't been able to cook since my husband died. It's too lonely. It's too painful. Thank you for helping. Um, I lost my son two years ago. Haven't gotten back in the kitchen. Thank you for making the correlation. And I'm starting to get back in the kitchen. I was fucking floored. I was connecting with people all across the country that were in the depths of like their grief and despair. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have chills talking about it and we recovered together through the food and through talking to each other. I have the chills like all everywhere, you know? And um, so I continued and I was healing a lot through that process of just cooking and connecting with these people And very fast, our audience grew and um, they were all like, but the cornerstone of all your recipes is this Greek olive oil that you're talking about. And that's when I remember talking to a few of my friends. I hate the word influencer, but that's like old school influencers that have like two, like two million followers at this point. Mm -hmm. I have a few close friends like that. And they always told me the same piece of information, like take cues from your 
followers. Mm -hmm. And I remember I didn't know what that meant. But then after two, three (laughs) hundred DMs about oil, I literally had that aha moment. And I said, oh, they're they're asking me for oil. Like I need to go find olive oil for for my peeps, you know. So I asked two of my best friends, I said, I'm going to Greece. I have to go during like November, December. And I've never done that before. Which is one of my closest people in my life too, ironically. Exactly. Exactly. I went with Kristen, Kristen and Christine and we went and it was a very painful trip. I hadn't been back. I saw my dead sister. I went to the village that um, I'm, I'm, I am maintaining that home right oh, now. So beautiful. Keep it, you know, keep it Tell going. everybody the name of the village if they're ever in Greece. Babuti, dad. And like, that's what makes me so sad, right? Like all this, I know dad's watching, but like, sometimes I'm just like, Oh, I wish he was here just going through it with me. But you know, so to make a long story short, I went, I knew it had to be, I have a very niche audience. Um, so again, because this podcast is for people that are kind of like, I keep saying, follow the signs. I wasn't like, okay, if you're follow the signs for like your niche, like your thing, what is your thing? Be specific. This is always an acting too. your best auditions. You're specific. Why is this specifically your project? And you take that one thing that makes you stand out. Right. And like go to the moon with it. So I was like, I need to, it needs to be organic. Cause like, this is a huge wellness crowd. It needs to taste incredible but it has to be light enough for, I wanted this to be a universal oil. Cause as you know, like Greek oils are not the type of oils you just bread dip with them. I wanted you to be able to baste, bake, marinate, do everything. Wear it, wear it. it. I put it on my face. I put it it on my my face. The whole time I was pregnant, you know, I wanted it to be this oil that like you could get rid of all, if you can only afford one oil, get rid of all the other oils in your pantry and just get one. And, you know, eventually I'll come out with one that everyone like at a cheaper price. Point, like a blend, really a blend. Want, yeah. Maybe two, two olives instead of one. Um, and what makes our olive oil really special is that, you know, it's very, you'd be surprised, but it's very hard to find one, like olives that are not sprayed. And, um, it's, it's also just, versatile. You can bake with it. So it's not going to overpower. It's going to stand up on its own. It's the Dom Perignon of olive oils. And I will tell you, you know, I only like good shit. That's like my flaw in life, I guess. Like, I just I can't. I can't. Nice. Once I had this, it was like, okay, that's great. But then my kids, who are even bougier than I am, because hello, i <laughs> They never had a chicken finger in their freaking life, which I was a dumbass about because they're really expensive to fine dine with now. And they're like both unemployed. So it's like, because they're students. But um, Melina is like now up at Colby and she's like, hey, yeah, I can't eat the, like, it's like, what, like we, she comes home and she's like, where's the, where's the fancy peasant? If you guys could see our text back and forth of like, bitch, where's my oil? Okay. Like, where's my oil? I am an actual customer. Okay. And I think that culturally, and it's important for people to know, and especially in their twenties, like all you girls listening right now, you're spending money on cocktails that are making you age. I want you to take two less cocktails a week. Okay. And I want you to buy this oil and I want you to drink a shot of it every fucking day. You're welcome. Because that's it. Stuff. You're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. That's why Joanna should be our 
yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know if people are super and I, and I, you know, I'm excited to be maybe working with a doctor closely that can really speak more to this, but the benefits of our oil are pretty fantastic. They're anti-inflammatory. It's filled with loads of antioxidants. It's filmed with anti, um, you know, cancer prevention. It's really an important product, just like your water is. If you're going to be cooking with something, God, you want your oil to be like really healthy. It's the best. Um, it's the base. It's the base of everything. It's the foundation. If you want to build a great house, if you don't have a great foundation, you can build it can look pretty, but it will never stand up and 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 the, and and have the longevity. I had a revision surgery, as you know, in October of 2020. If you see, I was exclusively eating. My mom was cooking just, I mean, I don't have another oil in my house. Mm-hmm. I don't have another oil. It doesn't exist. I was eating it like a soup almost, okay? Mm-hmm. My surgeons, which are the best of the best in the world, were like, what are you doing? How come you're healing like this? I did not heal that way from my first surgery because I didn't, you didn't have, hadn't had this in the market. I believe that it is medicinal and anything that's medicinal and delicious and can also be that versatile. It is like, it's just unbelievable. And so everybody's going to try it for themselves. So bits of this podcast and put it on my shit. Hundred fucking percent. All right. As we're wrapping up, I all right. As we're wrapping up, you are so inspirational. I mean, my kids are like obsessed. I'm obsessed. Everybody's obsessed. We all love what you're doing. Um, what is one of the best qualities you have is the incredibly warm and rooted mother that you are and spouse. I absolutely am loving everything that you're doing and that your everything is this the, the cornerstone is family is family. I think that you are so inspiring to all these women to know that you can have it all. You can have it all. You're a living proof of it. Please leave us with something that you want everybody to know that we might not know on your Instagram. Um, I try to actually my, I, I try to actually keep my family pretty private and again, tend to focus on just my one gift. You know, um, I keep coming back to this, you know, we have sponsors all the time for skin and fashion and will you post your outfits? Will you post more of your family? I, I, again, I try to keep it specific. I put little touches of like, like my, my, my family into whatever I'm doing. But for me, you know, uh, there is no balance. So when I'm with my children, I try to give them, and it might sound like a little time in a 24 hour day. I try to give each child alone about 15 minutes. That might say, I know it only equals up to 45 minutes, but you know, it's if quality. I eat, it's quality. It is. There's no phone. There's no TV. I try to do something special with each of them alone. And that includes my husband, which is honestly really hard to do. I'm a very tired I have energy, but I'm really tired a lot of the time. Like you have three kids, you get slammed with the flu over a week. You're recovering the week later. You haven't been able to make the gym. This whole lesson and like having a big, the big, the big family I always wanted that I Mm -hmm. now have. Mm -hmm. And the big life and the big life. life is that, you know, taking time for yourself to recharge, um, to saying no 
to whatever doesn't like bring you up and whatever you don't have time for. I know that sounds terrible, but like only feeding your soul into things that you really want to do, surrounding yourself by people that like really lift you up and inspire. I love to be inspired by women and, and men and athletes and artists and teachers and entrepreneurs that I want to be just like, you mm-hmm. know, um, and also just accepting what I totally suck at <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, allocating where I need help. I'm no longer in the business of like pretend I'm not like an editor. I'm not a director. I think like owning your own lane and like mm-hmm. knowing when to ask for help is huge. I've become very comfortable with taking support and asking for help. Um, and, and in tune, I'm supported by others and I'm able to lean into my own gift. I think that that is an amazing message. And every CEO, and I've studied a ton of CEOs and I listen to all their books, every successful CEO, Anastasia, does exactly that. That you did it instinctually. You said in the beginning, you know, from this linear family, you weren't the academic, whatever. There are so there are different ways to learn and different ways to be successful. I think you're brilliant. I think you're beautiful inside, even more beautiful inside than on the outside, if it's possible. I love you with all my heart. I love your family. And I can't wait to keep watching this. Just you're going to go all the way, all the way. And I'm just like so happy to see it. I love you. And I feel, you know, you've been a huge um, tool in helping me. Uh, really, you know, it's like my sounding board is everything for me. And um, learning from people like you is, is just, you know, I need people like you in order to, to really get to where you're supposed to go. Like I said, lean into your family, your heroes, your supporters, your network. And so I, I thank you. So on, on that note, everybody, where can we find you? Um, fancypeasant.com. All right. And if you want to watch the best fucking Instagram stories with like badass rap music when you're making fucking spanakopita, just go to her Instagram That's handle. Me. Gangster rap and Greek food. Jason, we're from Worcester, dude. We can't turn it off, okay? I was like, dude, I discovered Kanye before the Kardashians. That's all I'm fucking saying, okay? Like, dude, that's all I'm saying. <laughs>